it's Lauren. It's Keith, and welcome back this week. Uh, none of your co-hosts are in hotels this week. Everyone's everyone's home and everyone's ready. We so. only had to do one remote episode the way the timing worked out. So yeah. I am home now. The world ended as soon as the last podcast two weeks ago ended. So so everything's like back on track this week. Yeah, you know, we have a new president. Really exciting. Last week, I think last week collectively was just for the entire world was just so hard. And then additionally, like we had our own personal stuff going on that was so hard. And like, I was still quarantined and isolated in the hotel. And like, that was so difficult mentally. And then on top of that, like we're dealing with like the election and just COVID and just so many different things. So yeah, I will I think say this the election, like having the final result after so many days felt really good. Yeah. And I feel like everyone was in good spirits, even if, even if we were down, I think it was just a good little boost. Yeah, morale. and like the day we got the results was that night I got to leave quarantine. Like that day was so good for me. Oh my goodness. Like that was awesome. And so, I just think we're starting out better. Yeah. I So I've been talking to health officials all day because I'm just – Oh my god! I'm actually on the COVID task force at this point. Keith has been on the <laughs> Keith and our other roommate Nicole have been on the phone with the health department for ten hours at this point. Yeah, all day <laughs> until pressing play on this podcast. We have been trying to figure out our quarantine date. We talked to state officials. We talked to Alamance County. We talked to Elon. Like, yeah, because I'm done with my quarantine, but they're not <laughs> technically. So, so now we are. So two now of us they are, are. Yeah, but one of our roommates in a hotel is not. And we don't understand why. It's like the weirdest thing, but we all know them all on a first name basis at this point. And um, yeah, you know, it's super fun. Actually, like Keith's beefing with my homegirl from the Alameda County Health Department (laughs) who really helped me out. Keith is they're not on speaking terms. Yeah, we had a little a little bit of a debacle this morning, but we'll probably talk tomorrow at this rate and and patch it all up. I don't think you're going to patch it up. I don't don't think so. I don't know. I might feel a little hollow inside not calling the health department every day. We'll see. I might have to just show face or something. We'll see what happens. Maybe you should like go there and show them like, you know, be like, hi, I just wanted to meet face to face. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to discuss our issues. Wanted to make sure it wasn't personal. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like a reunion episode at the end of like a reality show. You sit down and it's like Keith versus the health department. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine if they had to go through the entire list for the reunion. So like they had to go through the entire like Elon quarantine uh, list and uh, everyone who had the hundreds of people. Yeah. Literal hundreds of people. Um, I don't know today. Like I just got back from class where I took my physics exam. I don't think I've talked about it too much on here, but I absolutely hate that class with everything in me and I'm terrible at it. Like I'm so bad. And I gripe about it pretty much every single day in the apartment. It's like me complaining about my my physics class for Keith. It's his Holocaust literature class. Yes, we can talk. Oh, oh, okay. he can go off about that. But I just had my exam, which I have spent the last thirty six to forty eight hours studying for, and so I am super excited that it's over. I definitely did not get an A, but maybe a C, a passing grade. Maybe. Quarantined or not, you were studying so hard for it. I was studying so hard. I So I still have 7,000 words left to write for my Holocaust class. Amazing. This semester. I've written like 7,000 so far. So it's really just at that point. Um, I apparently don't know comma rules. It's like a whole thing. But Ugh. I think me and Lauren Keith shared this. Keith does not this. know AP style. 
I do. It's <laughs> I I know AP style just fine. This is this isn't media writing. This is like MLA. This is like every like yeah. If you don't know stuff. what a commas place is, you can't take this class. Like English two five nine, avoid it, everyone. <laughs> well, literature English two five nine is requirement for everybody. So it's just like all different types of classes. Oh, they're all labeled 259. Yeah. Don't take literature of the Holocaust. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a really, like the material is really cool, but I'm taking the execution my, is poor. I'm taking my lit over J term. I'm doing um, the beat generation. It's revolutionary writing in the 50s and 60s. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I so wanted to that. do, they have like literature and it surrounds Lemonade by Beyonce. Yeah, that's over J term. That's too. 400 level though, apparently. But I would have. That's done a that high. Yeah, I that know. is a higher level one. I'll write about Beyonce. Mine's for a 200 10 level that I'm taking. I'm excited about it. It's also J term is now like, what, two weeks? So I have two weeks to take a literature class. What am I going to read? We. I thought book? they shifted J term. I didn't know they could No, it's it. like, it's shifted like slightly, but it's shorter. Wow. Yeah. I'm taking a. Uh, chem over j term but Ew. it's like chem and culinary so it's like the science of cooking you're so freaking lucky and i'm angry about it andy and i are taking it i'm really angry <laughs> it's not a lab though it's just like oh uh, well yeah. i already took my non-lab I took my non-lab as a freshman wow so what all was I, it um i took um science for non-majors oh um mm. and basic yeah basic but i got a good grade so yeah. no one's upset and i actually met a lot of fun people in that class like, there's people I met in that class who I still am friends with today, which I think is, like, really funny. Because I was, like, first class, first semester freshman year. That's and so interesting. We had, like, seniors in that class, too. So it was, like, kind of, like, a nice way to meet people because, like, you worked on group projects for the whole class and, like, everybody was super friendly. It's also a requirement for um, for teaching majors. So, the like, the demographic of people is just, like, really friendly oh. people. Yeah, I like that mix. Yeah, so it was really fun. Um, and I took that freshman year, and my professor was really amazing. It was hard, though. But we had a TA who was, like, really involved, whereas I technically have a TA for my physics lab. I've met him once, and he has never come back since. And I just am like, I have don't know my, how to work with this. It's, it's really so bad. Yeah, it's interesting that you say it's, like, a good place to meet people because for me I think in high school all my friends were older so I didn't have classes with them mm -hmm. so I always addressed class where I was like nice to people but I didn't try and like form friendships in them and it's not like so, I was even trying it was just like when you're a freshman and you don't know anyone yeah and like I wasn't a part of anything that was like yeah. the one place but that's funny because that was also my adjustment last year freshman ah first semester I was like in all my classes and I just like wouldn't talk to anyone that much. And I was like, wait, like I have to start doing that. Yeah, because like, that's how you make friends. And and like now when I have classes with people that I'm friends with, I'm always confused as to like how to act like I used to be because I'd be like, I never am in this situation ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do. But no, I am. Um, that was like I met two girls who one's in Sigma Kappa with me actually now Zoe Kurtz and I are still we're in SK together and she's a very good friend of mine. And then a girl, another girl who's now an AOPI, who I always see like on a normal basis, not really this semester because life isn't really normal right now, but she's someone who became like pretty important in my life. And I just think that's like so fun. So let's talk about like ways we pass time during our little quarantine. Yeah. Period. So I started my quarantine project late in the game because I spent the first few days just wondering what my life was, struggling to get a coffee every day, thinking about how I'd use the energy that I did have. Um, I decided to make our friends our own power hour video. Yeah. So it's an hour long each 
um, minute you take a sip of whatever alcoholic beverage you have, and then normally you're just like trash by the end of it. But yeah, we always I've never done ones. ones. It's it's really fun, especially if you can customize it because we've done Britney Spears, we've done early two thousands, mm-hmm. we've done late two thousands. But I was like, let's do one of one of songs like we all like, mm-hmm. and then throw in funny videos in between. So then it keeps it entertaining, and then you have like a steady flow of music. It's yeah. like. And I added these colored, like, stock royalty-free video. Mm-hmm. I'm actually proud of it. I'm proud Good. of it. But that was my quarantine project. Yeah, no, I I talked about this in the podcast last week. I just got very organized on, like, my professional stuff and, like, internship stuff. So I'm not going to harp on it too That's much. such a flex. No, I was, like, thinking about what I got done in quarantine. <laughs> You're like, oh, I actually built my website in my resume. I'm like, oh, yeah, I made a video so we can drink. Yeah, no, I – um. I really didn't drink much in quarantine because it's just like I don't like drinking alone and I was fully alone. Also, the, the difference is like you probably would have done more, but you're here with Nicole. So like yeah. you also had a person and like a little bit of a distraction. Like at yeah. least, whereas like there was just no option. So I, I will like, say out of all of us, like I'm thinking of who handled quarantine the best. Yeah, it's hard to say because we – had different experiences. Like me and Andy's quarantine yeah. was very different than y'all's. Yours is rough. Very different. And so, and I was in it the longest, even though I got out earlier, I was there the longest, but that also makes sense. But Andy's like coming up maybe like a day or two shorter than mine. Yeah. Like in the physical quarantine hotel. Yeah. I think out of me and Nicole, Nicole handled it better. She really held on the fort. I... I don't know. I just like like to do things with my energy and stuff. And I'm weak. I'm weak. That's all we can really say about it. Yeah, no, like I could barely even go on walks. And I was actually sick for part of it. So that was also like a component is that like for there was three days I felt just like really not good and like just wanted to sleep like the whole time. And like it wasn't great. And then on top of that, like it was stressful because I had to manage phone calls between people and still go to class and like keep track of that stuff and worry about how I was getting food because I don't have a meal plan and stuff like that. So on top of like having symptoms and being sick. So that part was really hard. But once you got through all the like baseline beginning stuff and I was just there for so long, I was fully in the hotel for 12 days. Exactly. Which is almost 14, which is the maximum typically. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. So it was just like... But yeah, I didn't really spend a lot of time in quarantine like watching TV shows or YouTube or things like that, which I was shocked at. I thought I would. But I, I really just... I don't know what I did with my time. There's honestly. nothing... Listen to music. There's nothing I'm watching. Like I, You know me. I very rarely get into watching TV and especially like binge watching TV. Like I typically just don't in my regular life watch TV and like... If I'm into something, I'm into it. And like that'll I'll be like a little obsessive for a period of time, but then I get bored after yeah, you like a week or it. so. So there was nothing when I went into quarantine that I was currently obsessed with or watching. I ended up watching on YouTube, um, because I watched the Paris Hilton documentary that yeah. you recommended. Did so you ever good. finish that? I didn't yet. How? It's an hour and a half. It's it's just because like I wasn't in the situation to watch it anymore. I think I switched to – so before I go to bed at night, I either listen to music or I watch something, and mm-hmm. I just decided to keep listening to music that week. It's funny. Right after I talked about it, I just, like, dropped it. That's so funny because I, I watched the whole thing in one sitting, and I just really enjoyed that. 
it was super interesting. But after I was just like, oh, Paris Hilton, like let's look into her other stuff. And then I ended up watching the first two seasons of The Simple Life, which is like just easy to watch because it's only 20 minute episodes. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So it's like really easy to watch two seasons of it. Like it's not that much content. So I watched the first two seasons of The Simple Life when I found it on like a bootleg on YouTube and just watched it. And like, I just think that was just like easy. I didn't really have to think about it. It was, it kind of is reminiscent of that old like Y2K culture and that time period. Yeah. I like love that time period. You do. And like, I don't, I don't think it gets enough credit because it's too recent, but I just think so many great things came out of the 2000s. It's just so funny. The 2000s, I think, are so funny. Really? Because some of it, it's really like when I'm watching The The Simple Life, I remember that when that show was on and I remember hearing about it, but I was still a kid. So I never watched it. It was on from 2007 or five. Oh, 2003. Yeah. Like it's old. It was five seasons from 2003 to 2007. That's right. Okay. So yeah. So I was eight by the time it was over. But I still, like, you, when you're, like, eight, you remember stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and they become, were super relevant when that show ended, both yeah. of them. Even Nicole Richie, who... So you start becoming, like, you, un, like, you start, like, understanding this and, like, n- are, like, aware of pop culture at that point. I think those those are, like, the ages you become aware of and pop, pop culture. And pop culture became such a fixture yeah. for everyone around that time, because that was the beginning of the tabloid era. It was, like, mm-hmm. I'd say 2004 is when it really started, even earlier, I would say 2000. I would even give it 2000. Yeah, but I feel like it was just people being sort of like publicized specifically. Mm -hmm. Like in, I don't want to say targeted, but yeah, sometimes targeted like Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, um, Nicole Richie, I guess for a minute. Kim Kardashian eventually. Lindsay Lohan went through a lot. Like she has issues. Yeah, but people don't talk about how much she went through. Um, All of that. It was like right after 2004 it was just like a flood of like yeah and then kim kardashian came later on because she was paris hilton's assistant which i also didn't yeah yeah Yeah. i never knew that that dynamic was crazy well i always knew that they knew each other and that they were friends but Mm -hmm. then i was watching the documentary and it had kim kardashian paris's assistant and that's like that makes sense like that just makes a lot of sense to me nicole richie because like the way i was looking at the timeline i did a lot of research on these two girls in the past like (laughs) few days yeah. and I was just like Nicole Richie got married in 2010 which I also didn't know if she's married to the lead singer Good Charlotte um because like she in the show just do you like, like her in the show no no so well, she's not as likable as Paris she I thought the thing was that they both weren't likable I've never seen the show I okay, just know about I it I personally think Paris is way more likable in the show mm. whereas like Nicole is a lot like she is just a lot and part of it, you rot, you're watching it and you're like, she can't actually be this way in real life. Like, it's clearly an act. Like, you can just see, like, the way she interacts with people, like, when they say goodbye and she's just, like, so loving. And, like, any of the family, because they stay with families throughout the show, yeah. all the little kids love her. Aww. Like, every single time they were with a family that had, like, a little kid, like, they would, like, be like, would you be my sister? And, like, hug- hugging her and, like, saying goodbye to her and stuff like that. Like, she... I think is genuinely like a good person and it really was an act for the show. Um, whereas like she like, like threatened to fight people and stuff like that. I'm like, this can't be real. Yeah. You're Lionel Richie's daughter. Yeah. Like that's you're the not thing about, trashy. I remember watching her reality show that was more recent. I forget mm-hmm. what it was called, but it was on oxygen. And I was just like, I don't get it. 
I don't get I don't really get her. Yeah. She was just born into money and has a famous father and like grew up in that LA world. But yeah. she as a person, I don't know what she's accomplished. Shout out her sister dating Scott Disick. Or maybe they broke up, but <laughs> Um I I love Scott Disick. So, I um... I love that for her and so yeah, just... let me look it up right now. Okay, so apparently they split up. Aw. Well, yeah. Shout out to when it was happening. Um <laughs> Yeah, apparently it's like as of like three weeks ago, I guess. I don't really know. That conversation makes me think of of like how young all those girls were. I'm pretty sure Paris was older, but she uh, first season they were both 22, and oh, season wow. two Paris was 23 and Nicole was 22. Because like they got so much attention. I'm sure Kim was younger when she worked for her. Because yeah, how old is Paris now? 37. 40. 40. I think she's 40. Wow. Or 39 or 40. Hold on. We're fact checking. Yeah. I feel like she just looks 37. 39. Wow. Yeah, she's 39. She, Nicole's okay, younger than her, and I know Nicole's not 40. Because Kim's like 36, right? Or is she yeah. 37? I feel like Kim is almost 42. Yeah, but it, there must be some sort of gap. There I, has to be a gap. Hold on. Kim K. She's 40. Kim K's older. Aw, I feel like they like grew up right in front of our eyes. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> knew Kim, I them, thought like, Kim K was forty. What? Yeah, just the, her fortieth birthday party, the whole meme that the, um the last time I Googled their ages was probably like six years ago and I just didn't think they aged at all. Like I just thought like Courtney was like thirty eight and like <laughs> But I just think that's so funny that um because Kim in the documentary does like a little part where she's like, I learned so much from Paris, like I learned everything I know. I knew from Paris Hilton, like everything. But also, the difference is, is like Kim Kardashian's life versus Paris Hilton's life are very, very different. T- such different people. So di- such different people. Whereas Paris was a grown up at a very young age, whereas Kim doesn't wasn't really forced to be. Yeah, I actually do think it's interesting to look at the trajectory of stars because. It's so common for everyone to get obsessed with like mm-hmm. an 18 or 19 year old in the public eye. Like Lindsay Lohan was really young when she was in her prime. And I don't think people realize how overworked like all the child stars like Disney. Yeah. Like- well, Paris, well, if you watch the documentary, she's a survivor of some really awful boarding schools that she went to that um, subjected her to child abuse. They would drug them, like, all different things like that. It's just worth hearing a documentary because I don't think I could do it justice. Yeah, they talk about, watch it. Like, she was there for so many years that she like talks about how when she got out, she was 18 and could leave, that she just like went crazy because she hated her parents. She hated every adult around her. She didn't trust anyone except for herself. What age did she get out? 18 because she was allowed to leave at 18. And she went to a... It was like these boarding schools. They were all like, boarding schools? Like, yeah. Because she went to the same high school as Lady Gaga at one point. And Lady Gaga well, did not when have she, a good she time. She lived in New York when she was like when she was like 15 or 16 is when she first got sent away. So her first like, year or two of high school, she oh, was in New she York. she was in normal one. But, where, and where then Lady she Gaga then she got sent away for the last like latter part of high school. Okay. And she like, was in Maine, Utah, Vermont, like all different places. Because like they couldn't like... Like, he, she kept trying – they show how she actually ran away and would, like, hitchhike on the highway to get away from these people. That's crazy. It actually yeah. makes me think of, like, her being released. And this is a bit of a turn for the podcast. Yeah. But I always – I used to look into the cult of Scientology a lot. Mm. And it's just really dark because there's people who are in that church for their whole lives and they work within the church. And they don't get money from working for the church. They just – 
I guess, get room and board essentially yeah, and do work for it and they stay within it. And then if they leave, a lot of times they can't, like they're trapped. But if they run away or they find a way out through whatever they're stuck in, they're just out in the world and they don't have any resources and they don't have anything. They just run away. She was just a kid. They have nothing. She was a kid and like they say that she was like really troubled and really problematic and would like sneak out and go clubbing in New York, et cetera, et cetera. And her parents just like didn't know how to control her. And then, but then I don't know, like she's an extremely successful person. And like, even she talked about it in the documentary. She's just like, I need to do everything I can to not like, to like grow from that and to get out of that. And like, be the best version of myself yeah. and she like meets with her roommates and stuff who lived with her there and like she wow. has them there. I wish I kept watching. I must yeah, have gone to the point it's, like, right before good. it. Um and like she confronts her mom for the first time ever about it in the documentary too. I kind of oh, really Oh wow. Yeah. That's really a lot. I wonder I also wonder in the I think I guess it's because of like what we're studying. Like, yeah. I guess we all probably think the same thing I mean. But I always just wonder like where's her career gonna go from this point because I, that documentary is up to like 18 million views probably. Yeah. Well, she was saying how she hadn't talked about it for so many years because she thought it'd be really bad for her image of Paris Hilton because she has this extremely like hard, glamorous exterior. Yeah. But they show her and like, I just loved her in the documentary. They're like, she likes to scrapbook. Like she stays home and yeah. she cooks and she like scrapbooks. Like she's not really that person. That's another thing. I think when she was coming up, everyone was so obsessed with like what the ideal celebrity should look like. Whereas mm-hmm. now we embrace people who are super real half yeah. the time. And like, yeah, oh, yeah there's she people had who are superficial. But that hard image of like a socialite, yeah. glamorous, like this untouchable LA girl, girl who, who was like, you can't mess with her, but also you want to be her. Yeah, I think there's exactly, a lot more. That's like, very Y2K though. It's so Y2K. Whereas now you have people like Cardi B who are like super real and go on Instagram live and like post funny photos of themselves. Yeah, exactly. People like, love a genuine real person. Like, but that's like what we've grown in like as a society to appreciate. Whereas like when she was young, that did wasn't a thing. And mm-hmm. it also made me cry. Like I was so upset because also this makes so much sense about Kim Kardashian and her being aligned is that they both at extremely young ages had sex tapes released against their like they didn't know and it was pretty much against their will i remember that following paris hilton but i i didn't it was when she was 18 oh my god yeah she was only 18 wow like as a 21 year old like i look back and i'm like 18 is a child 18 is you have so much you're gonna you're so young you're so young and it was with a boyfriend who was older and everything and like she also talked about how she and like it's pretty evident like she really struggles in relationships, which makes so much sense. Because, like, the first relationship she was ever in, she was 18, and they released her sex tape. Yeah. She already has extreme trust issues with people. Yeah. She grew um, up with a very turbulent environment. Matt, so it's going to be hard to ever, for like, form a trusting and, like, good relationship with someone. And it's just so sad. Like, Have, you, have you ever watched Simply Complicated, Demi Lovato's documentary? No, I haven't. Oh, it's I a probably good would one. like it. It came out right, not right before, but about seven months before she OD'd, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but it basically did talk about her journey with everything and sort of being in that environment. And she brought up something very interesting. Like she starts out the documentary by saying, the last time I did this, like I did a documentary about being sober and mm-hmm. like being healthy, I was actually on cocaine. Yeah. So her first documentary, not the YouTube one from like, I think it's 2011, she had a whole album campaign centered around it was called like unbroken i remember skyscraper yeah and about her coming back but she was still using 
that whole time and like filmed the confessionals like on uh, like it's crazy how people are expect like in the spotlight are just expected to like snap out of things and stuff yeah and she can't especially because demi lovato again so young yeah and, and was, demi lovato went through a lot that people don't really know yeah and she was on disney channel doing cocaine yeah like she was on the camp rock like concert tour doing cocaine i remember being little and it was just the headline like she punched her dancer <laughs> yeah. like on the camp rock tour and the reason she punched the dancer is because they told them that she was drinking or something or that she was buying drugs or something. I yeah i don't know that crazy. story at all i don't you'd, if you enjoyed the paris documentary you'd probably enjoy that i also yeah. think it's really cool to get an insight on people that we see so much no exactly it's just it's really hard to understand like you know we think about all the things that we go through that make life really really hard and then like these ex- people with extenuating circumstances and super hard backgrounds and then on top of that you add that layer of like fame and expectation and public the public eye being on you it's just like a whole other layer of complication yeah. and like makes your life just so much harder it's like and they none of them ever have a clean house have you noticed that Mm, no. I feel like no celebrity has well, a clean house. Do you house. think it's clean? Because I think it's clutter. I don't think it's dirty necessarily. It's not dirty, it's just but that it's they always have to do things, so they're just like running around. I know, and it bothers me though. I think it's actually interesting to think about though, because it's like a lot of celebrities. Well, a lot of people in general, but I, you'll notice like a lot of celebrities didn't have the best like, childhood. No, they haven't. And, yeah, and so you have Paris who had a turbulent childhood and trouble growing up, and then was thrown into the spotlight. So it's like, what kind of growing up did she really do? And she then didn't. it's like, you have Demi who was in the spotlight the entire time mm-hmm. and didn't know what to do. So it's like, you they both had the same issue almost. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think so many stars do. It's like Kim Kardashian. I'm like, well, honestly, I believe at least, not really now, it's it's becoming really, the Kardashians are, being, are just becoming less and less like a real family, I believe. Like I would I, say that I believe when they started the show, they were like a real family, yeah, and very supportive. Because I like, feel like they have so like it sounds weird to say it like this, but I feel like they just have so much surrounding them right now. Yeah, right that now you it's can just see like, their attitudes change in the show and how they talk to each other. They've also grown up, so they're not going to be as you know, like I guess juvenile with each other. They're not. And it's just it just, it's just feel very different. So the Kardashians, I genuinely feel like are a pretty good family. At least they were, especially at the time of Kim Kardashian's scandals and like this, which started the show. We yeah. all know this. Um, Props to her though, because she has okay. such like the longevity in their career. Well, that, there you go. Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton both turned terrible circumstances into something a lifelong career in business for those. Imagine songs. you and your sisters all having like a hundred million plus followers on Instagram. No, it's not even oh. followers on Instagram. Money, like just the yeah, money. The money. It's crazy, and it's the whole family. It's not just the one person. It's also like Kendall and Kylie, kind of circling back to our conversation. Like, yeah, they're so young and they're fine. Like, I think they were protected from so much because of their siblings. I think that's that the thing they, they did had the growing family. up behind the scenes. They had family support, whereas like I just Paris Hilton did not. Yeah. Even like they have her sister on the documentary a lot. And oh, doesn't s- she work with her? No, I don't think so. Okay, they don't address it at least at all. Um, but her sister is like I'm the person who knows her the best, and I know these stories because I went through it and like watched it all happen, and like 
you know, like they say her sister is the closest person to her because she's the only one who really like was receptive of it all. Yeah. But her sister also had no interest in being in the spotlight at all and like still doesn't. Mm-hmm. And like, so her sister was just like her person. Like that was her like one Oh yeah, I remember person. the confessionals for it. Yeah, and her sister is like really tough love and everything. Like I believe everything that comes out of that woman's mouth. Like I was just like, there's no way, like this isn't true. You know what I mean? And so like- I don't know. It's really hard to watch. Like you want to believe that Paris's family was good, but how like if she, this poor girl, like kept like getting kicked, running away from these schools. Why do you keep sending her back? Like, I just can't, yeah. under- I as a person man. can't understand that. And she had no control over it because she was a minor. So you can't say that like she had any choice in the matter. And they talk about how the one school this was a crazy story. I'm giving away a lot of spoilers, guys. I apologize. Yeah. Um, stop listening if you don't want to hear spoilers. <laughs> um, but her sister was talking about the night that she got taken to the last school, like the worst one in Utah, and how they send two men come. I wouldn't expect them all to be in like Utah. Yeah, they're tough. That's so it, that makes sense. It does, like in retrospect, but it was like. Hmm. Yeah, so they come and they grabbed her out of her bed in the middle of the night. And she was screaming for help and crying. And she, like, no one was coming. Like, her, like, this was, like, how it worked. So she couldn't run away. And she didn't know what was happening. Is they surprised them in the middle of the night, pick her up and dragged her out of her house. And she saw, like, her parents watching as she was getting, like, dragged and pulled away. Oh, my away. God. And her sister, like, recalls it and remembers the whole thing. And her happening. sister didn't have to go to anything? No, none of the, none of the other siblings, only Paris. That's wild. They said this, well, Paris, like 15, was going out clubbing in New York City and staying out all night. And oh, like, so it was like a reprimanding thing? Yeah, it was like that. That's like not what I would do. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, as a parent, like, I obviously don't have children, but I'm like, no way. Never. Never. In my, I would never do that to anyone. Like, how bad of a kid could she have been? Like, and, if any, per- especially their family, yeah. like, why wouldn't you look into where you're sending your That's child what I'm or saying. the different pers- like things that they're going to do to them. Why wouldn't you pay more attention? Like you should care about this. Also, you have the resources to literally get her any kind of counseling. She's from the city, right? Like well, that's where she, she grew okay. up? Um, no, like she grew up in LA. Oh, oh She grew California. up in California. And then what they moved to New York when she was in high school, which is more of like the classy socialite scene. And she just didn't really fit in. And that's where this all like kind of went downhill was like, she yeah. was kind of being pushed one way. There are schools near us in New Jersey. Yeah. There are schools in New York. There are schools everywhere that they could have just sent her to. No problem. Boarding, like nice like, boarding schools that they had the resources and the money to send her to, or even they just that aren't to get in the her middle of Utah with pills. <laughs> in like, so they put her into solitary confinement when she was a teenager just out of curiosity, do you like know any Paris Hilton brands? Because I know she's making money off of them, but do you use any products that have her name on it that she's connected to? Because I it was in my mind and I was like, yeah, she definitely makes perfumes, but who's... I know she makes perfumes. I think she's behind the scenes on so much that like I don't really think her name is physically on it, so I wouldn't know. Oh, you think it's that type of thing? I do, because I don't own anything. I've never seen anything other than like Paris Hilton perfume. I know she she went through a DJ phase. Well, she's still in it, probably. Yeah, she's a DJ, yeah. They said she's the top paid um, DJ, female DJ in the world. Wow. Which I didn't know. Variety named her billion-dollar entrepreneur in 2011. $10 million a year on business ventures. 
I wish we knew what they were though. Yeah, because I'm sure she sold those club appearances. Well, I think it's like a thing. Like you know how Jeffrey Star owns a bunch of stuff that like you wouldn't know that he owns because he doesn't put his name on it. Yeah, I think it's probably something similar to that. Yeah, but I really gained a lot of respect for her, and I really liked her. And even like watching the documentary and then spending some time watching like the simple life and the character. She's like so. Oh, I forgot she had an album. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she was a pop star at one point too. She just was so obviously playing a character because you know that, like, the life and, like, the way they portrayed them was just not right. Also, an annoying thing is, like, they always show, like, them showing, like, how rich they are at the beginning of the show is, like, so fake. It's so (laughs) funny. Like, it's, like, so That's so early 2000s. It's so early 2000s. Like, they have people bring them, like bring their cell phone out on a silver tray in like a butler outfit. And I'm like, this is so fake. <laughs> this never like, happens. No one's doing that. And they always have her walk out of her parents' house. And it's like the, the Hilton mansion. And she even says in the show, she doesn't live at her parents' house. Yeah. She like, lives with her sister, like on her own. Like, it's just like so crazy. It's so I definitely have to check it out. Cause like, as much as we hear about the time, it's really cool to tie it back in. Yeah, and like then she's current, and like Paris is also mentoring like so many young women nowadays, and like she's giving back to that like people who are big names in the media for scandal and stuff like that. And I think that's like she is a mentor to people like on how to handle scandal and how to overcome it and how to play PR and how to re- represent yourself. Like for sure, she knows how to because they were the first bunch of. People women who to really to. deal with it in the way that well i'd say it's less severe now to be honest like everyone wants to talk about the eyes of social media but yeah. people have a platform to say what they want but during that like, time you didn't no you had my what myspace and then you barely ba- barely and people trusted around, like everyone sees magazines of, and stuff like people trusted everything on them there also wasn't a lot of laws surrounding paparazzi no not which they struggle with still in the united kingdom because there's not a lot of laws there either yeah. which, the united but, states still t- i think in Dubai, Dubai is a country where you can't be photographed. Yeah, that's true. Lindsay Lohan lives there now. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, in the US we do actually have more standing laws around tabloids and paparazzi, but back in the day they did not because nope. it wasn't a thing that existed. You'd see a hundred people flood Britney Spears and it's all in videos. Yeah, in Paris too, they show it. Like she would film inside the car and she'd be like getting knocked over and like yeah. stuff like that. And like those girls had to worry about looking good 100% of the time because they were always going to be photographed and always going to be criticized. And it's by so other funny. People. It's so funny. Cause I think now we all have an understanding of mental health and how hectic living yeah. like that must be. But it's so funny to think back at that time and people would just dismiss like them being photographed all the time or being like shoved into mm-hmm. cars or like hundreds of men or like following them oh, as if it's like, Oh, that's just part of their job. Like, Imagine not being able to do anything without that flood of people or all of them questioning you on personal things as you're just trying to like go for yeah. a walk. And they said on at like the height of Paris's career, it was like a hundred thousand dollars for a picture of Paris Hilton or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. So peeps, so they're like obviously every paparazzi, every photographer is going to yeah. just like find out where this girl is no matter what. Because that's one picture, one day's work. Yeah. Thousands of dollars. Think about, so I think Paris was definitely a main one, of course. I think Britney Spears had it the worst out of anyone. I think so too. And I think it's crazy to think about how much those photographs were. Probably a million dollars. Yeah. Because Britney also- The Shade Your Head stint, that was probably a million dollar 
photo. Venture. Absolutely. Probably more than a million. Because they even said some pictures of Paris went for over a million dollars. Like, yeah. On a regular and basis. You think about you think about someone like Paris who, yes, she was criticized, but she stayed pretty composed most of yeah, the time. Yeah, she knew how to you do it. You think about someone who was actually showing that they were breaking down a little bit and people just go wild. Yeah, it was crazy. But also you have to think like Paris had resources that she could deal with her things in private. Whereas you think about Brittany came from, I think she's from Louisiana. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and she just does, didn't come from that background, that LA background. Yeah. And that social light. Well, background. she, well, Britney Spears has been working since she was like eight or nine. Yeah. So she's like the definition of a child star. I think her problem was as soon as she backed away from the spotlight, everyone wanted to label her like the trashiest girl ever. And whenever mm. she wanted to do something sexual, which is as simple as wearing an outfit that shows more or wearing a certain outfit on. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I think she, I forget if it was after she kissed Madonna or (laughs) after another video music awards performance. I think it was the mayor or governor of Virginia's wife or something was like, like wish dab on her. That's just the type of thing. It's like anything she did, people just criticized. Absolutely. And that was the first time that that really happened. And like, we look back and like, then you compare like the United Kingdom and like, if you know anything about paparazzi there, like Princess Diana was killed by paparazzi mm. chasing her. Amy Winehouse, they said she never could leave her house ever. And it was because they have so few laws. They were taking pictures of her while she was in rehab. Yeah. Like breaking into the rehab to get pictures of her. It was like no morals. Nowadays, what I've heard is that celebrities will actually book photo ops in advance. No, they do. So, they 100% So like Britney Spears now, she'll do... Like, well, not really anymore because she's on hiatus, but she'll like be like, hey, like they're going to be here at this time or. Yeah, they know. I think Kim Kardashian does does the same thing. Like they give, they give the paparazzi an opportunity to make money off of them, but they, it's on their terms. Because of how terrible it was at first. Yeah. But it's on their terms as people, as human beings. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is kind of a fun topic. We talked a little bit Y2K, some real classic um, socialites and pop stars and celebrities. I definitely think it can lead to a deeper discussion in the future too. Like I think this is a very fun topic. Yeah, it was like a little fun startup. I'm sorry for any spoilers in the Paris Hilton documentary. (laughs) Yeah, we've been talking about it for two episodes now. Like you really got to watch it if you haven't yet. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess we talked about it a little bit last week before, yeah. and then I went and watched it. Like we gave, it a, we gave them a teaser, and then we just told them. Yeah, I just told them, <laughs> now I watched it. Now you're caught up. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week for our final episode of the semester. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We're going to be doing a year in review podcast of 2020. All our favorites. So fun. All right, guys, thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye.